0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Freedom's Planes, where today we are going to be talking about the infamous B-17 Flying Fortress, and one of my favorite um, variants of it. I hope you enjoy this, I sure will. The Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress is a four-engine heavy bomber developed in the 1930s for the United States Army Air Corps, or or as I will be referring to them from now on, the USAAC. Competing against Douglas and Martin for a contract to build 200 bombers, the Boeing entry prototype Model 299-XB-17 outperformed both competitors and exceeded the Air Corps' performance specifications, although although Boeing lost the contract to the Douglas B-18 Bolo. Because the the prototype crashed, the Air Corps ordered 13 more B-17s for further evaluation. From its introduction in 1938, the B-17 Flying Fortress evolved through numerous design advances becoming the third most produced bomber of all time behind the four engine consolidated b-24 liberator and the multi-role twin engines junkers ju-88 or Junkers, I say think as it is pronounced the b-17 was primarily employed by the usaaf in the daylight strategic bombing campaign of world war ii the german industrial and military and civilian targets the united states eighth air force based at many airfields in central Eastern and Southern England, the, and the 15th Air Force, based in Italy, complemented the RAF Bomber Command's night, nighttime area bombing and the combined bomber offensive, to help secure air superiority, superiority, <laughs> superiority over the cities, factories, and battlefields of Western Europe in preparation for the invasion of France in 1944. The B-17 also participated, in, to a lesser extent, in the war in the Pacific in early World War II where it conducted raids against Japanese shipping and airfields. From its pre-war inception, the USAAC, by June 1941 the USAAF, promoted the aircraft as a strategic weapon. It was a relatively fast, high-flying, long-range bomber with heavy defense armament at the expense of bomb load. It developed a reputation for toughness based upon stories and photos of badly damaged B-17s safely returning to base as I have done an episode on the Charlie Brown and Franz Stiegler incident. The B-17 dropped more bombs than any other U.S. aircraft in World War II. Approximately 1.5 million tons of bombs dropped on Nazi Germany and its occupied territories by U.S. aircraft. Over 640,000 tons were dropped from B-17s. In addition to its role as a bomber, the B-17 was also employed as a transport anti-submarine aircraft, drone controller, and research and rescue aircraft, and search and rescue aircraft. As of October 2019, nine aircraft remained airworthy, though none of them was ever flown in combat. Dozens more are in storage or on static display. The oldest of these is a D-series, flown in combat in in the war in the Pacific on the first day of World War II. On August 8, 1934, the USAAC tendered a proposal for a multi-engine bomber to replace the Martin B-10. The Air Corps was looking for a bomber capable of reinforcing the air forces in Hawaii, Panama, and Alaska. Requirements were for it to carry a useful bomb load at an altitude of 10,000 feet or 3,000 meters for 10 hours with a top speed of at least 200 miles an hour or 3- 320 miles or kilometers an hour. They also desired, but not, but did not require a range of two thousand miles or thirty-two hundred kilometers and a speed of twenty-five hundred or two hundred fifty miles an hour or four hundred kilometers an hour. The competition for the Air Corps was contract was decided to be. A... The competition for the Air Corps contract was decided by a fly-off between Boeing's design, the Douglas DB-1, and the Martin Model 146 at Wilbur Wright Airfield in Dayton, Ohio. The prototype B-17 with the Boeing factory designation of Model 299 was designed by a team of engineers led by E. Gifford Emery and Edward Curtis Wells and was built at Boeing's own expense. Boeing did that a lot. It combined features of the company's experimental XB-15 bomber and 247 transport. The, the B-17's armament consisted of five thirty caliber or seven six two millimeter machine guns, with a payload of up to 4,800 pounds or 2,200 kilograms. The bombs on two racks, of bombs on two racks, in the bomb bay behind the cockpit. I have actually seen that; it's quite poggers. <laughs> The aircraft was powered by four Pratt & Whitney R1690 Hornet radial engines, each producing 750 horsepower or 600 kilowatts at 7,000 feet or 2,100 meters. The first flight of the Model 299 was on the 28th of July 1935, with Boeing chief test pilot Leslie Tower at the controls. Shut up. The day before, Richard Williams, a reporter for the Seattle Times- Coined the name Flying Fortress, observing the large number of machine guns sticking out from the new airplane. He designed it as he described it as a fifteen tonne flying fortress in a picture caption. The most distinct mount was in the nose, which allowed single machine gun, which allowed the single machine gun to be fired forward to nearly all frontal angles. Boeing was quick to see the value of the name and had trademarked it for use. Boeing also claimed in some of the early press releases that the Model 299 was the first combat aircraft that could f- continue its mission if one of its four engines failed. On the 20th of August 1935, the prototype flew from Seattle to Wright Field in 9 hours and 3 minutes, with an average cruising speed of 252 miles per hour, or 406 kilometers an hour, much faster than the competition. At the fly-off, four en- the 4 engine beat Boeing's Performance was superior to those of the twin-engine DB-1 and the Model 146. General Major General Frank Maxwell Andrews of the GHQ Air Force believed that the capabilities of the large four-engine aircraft exceeded those of the shorter-range twin-engine aircraft and that the B-17 was better suited to new emerging USAAC US doctrine. His opinions were shared by the Air Corps' prof- procurement officers and even before the competition had finished they suggested buying 65B17s development continued on the Boeing Model 299 and on the 30th of October 1935 the army air corps test pilot major Ployer Peter Hill and Boeing employee Lee and Boeing, em- and Boeing employee Les Tower took the mo- took the took the Model 299 on a second evaluation flight Sorry I'm tripping up over all of my words, I'm not good at this. (laughs) The crew forgot to disengage the gust locks, which locked control surfaces in place while the aircraft was parked on the ground and after takeoff. The aircraft entered entered a steep climb, stalled, nosed over, and crashed, killing hill and tower. Other observers survived with injuries. The crash model 299 could not finish the evaluation, disqualifying it from the competition. While the, air Corps, while the Air Corps were still enthusiastic about the aircraft's potential, Army officials were daunted by its cost. Douglas quoted a unit price of $58,200, equivalent to $1.1 $1. 1 million today, based on a production order of 220 aircraft, compared with $99,620, or $1.88 million, million today, from Boeing. Army Chief of Staff Maitland Craig canceled the order for 65 YB-17s, and ordered 133 of the twin-engine Douglas B-18 below instead. The loss was not total, but Boeing's hopes for a substantial bomber contract were dashed. Regardless, the USAAC had been impressed by the prototype's performance, and on the 17th of January 1936, through a legal loophole, the Air Corps ordered 13 YB-17s designated y one b 17 after November nineteen thirty six, to denote its special F one funding for service testing, the YB seventeen incorporated a number of significant changes from the model two nine nine, including the more powerful Wright R one eight two zero thirty nine Cyclone engines. Although the prototype was company owned and never did receive and never received a military serial. The B-17 designation did not itself did not appear officially until January 1936, nearly three months after the prototype crashed. The term XB-17 was retroactively applied to the NX-13372's airframe, and has entered the lexicon to describe the first flying fortress. The aircraft went through several alterations in each of its design stages and variants. One of the 13 YB-17s ordered for service testing, 12 were used by the 2nd Bomb Group of Langley Field, Virginia, to develop heavy bombing techniques. And the 13th was designed for flight testing at the the Material Division at Wright Field, Ohio. Experiments on this aircraft led to the use of a quartet of general electric turbochargers, which would become standard on the B-17 line, a 14th aircraft. The YB 17A, originally destined di- for ground testing only and upgraded with, turbo char- with the turbochargers, was redesignated y- uh, B 17A after the testing had finished. Now let's go over the production numbers of different variants and their flights. The Model 299 was had only one produced, and the first flight was on the 28th of July in 1935. The YB 17 had 13 produced. Two it first flew it first flew on the second of December 1936. The YB 17A was only produced in one, with its first flight being on the 29th of April, 1938. The YB I mean the B-17B had 39 produced, first flew on the 27th of June 1939, the B-17C had 38 produced. And it was first flown on the 21st of July, 1940. The B-17D was first flown on the 3rd of February, 1941, with only 42 produced. The B-17E was produced in a number of 512, with it being first flown on the 5th of September, 1941. The B-17F total was produced in a number of 3,405, and it first flew on the 30th of May, 1942. The B-17F-BO had 2,300 produced, and it does not disclose when it was first flown. B-17F-DL had 605 produced, does not disclose when it has been first flown. Hold on. Um, the b seventeen f v e had five hundred produced and it does not disclose when it was first flown the b seventeen g total had eight thousand six hundred and eighty produced and it was first flown on the sixteenth of august nineteen forty three the b seventeen g b o had 4, thousand thirty five produced and does not disclose when it was first flown b seventeen g dl What had 2,395 produced does not disclose when it was first flown. Um, B-17 GVE had 2,250 produced, and it also does not disclose when it was first flown. In total, there were 12,731 B-17s produced in all, including the um, first prototype. As the production line developed, Boeing engineers continued to improve upon the basic design. To enhance performance at slower speeds, the B-17B was altered to include larger rudders and flaps. The B-17C changed from three bulged oval-shaped gun blisters to two flush oval-shaped gun window openings. and the lower fuselage, a single bathtub gun gondola housing which resembled the the similarly configured and located Lafette Bola ventral defensive emplacement on the German Heinekel He 111 111, P series medium bomber While models A through D of the B-17 were designed defensively the large-tailed B-17E was the first model primarily focused on offensive warfare The B-17E was an extensive revision of the Model 299 design. The fuselage was extended by 10 feet or 3 meters. A much larger rear fuselage, vertical tail fin, rudder, and horizontal stabilizer were added. A gunner's position, a gunner's position, was added in the new tail. The nose, especially the bombardier's framed, 10-panel nose glazing, remained relatively the same as the earlier B. B through D versions had. A Sperry electrical-powered manned dorsal gun turret just behind the cockpit was added. A similarly powered, also built by Sperry, manned ventral ball turret just after the bomb bay replaced the relatively hard-to-use Sperry model 645705D, remotely operated ventral turret on the earliest examples of the E variant. These modifications resulted in a 20% increase in in aircraft weight. The B-17's turbocharged Wright R-1820 Cyclone 9 engines were upgraded to inc- increasingly more powerful versions of the same power plants through its production, and similarly, the number of machine gun emplacements was all- locations was also increased. The B-17F variants were primar- were the primary versions flying for the 8th Air Force to face the Germans in 1943, and had standardized the this- the Mansberry sperry balter for eventual defense, replacing the earlier ten panel frame bombardier's nose glazing from the B subtype with an enlarged nearly frameless plexiglass bombardier's nose enclosure for improved forward vision. Two experimental versions of the B seventeen were flown under different designations the XB thirty eight flying fortress and the XB forty flying fortress. I mean and the Y B forty flying fortress. The XB thirty eight was a was an engine test bed for Allison V1710 liquid-cooled engines. And the right engines normally used on the B17 become become or should the right engines become unavailable? The only prototype XB38 to fly crashed on its ninth flight, and the type was abandoned. The Allison V1710 was allocated to fire aircraft which I think is the same one that goes on the P38. The YB-40 was a heavily armed modification of the standard B-17. Before the North American P-51 Mustang, an effective long-range fighter became available to act as an escort. Additional armament included the additional dorsal turret on the radio room, in the radio room, a remotely operated and fired Bendix-built chin turret. Below, directly below the bomber's accommodation, the bombardier's accommodation, and the twin fifty-inch or twelve point seven millimeter guns in each in the each of the waist positions, which are the two little guns sticking out the waist. I think, the ammunition load was over eleven thousand rounds. All of these modifications made the YB forty well over um, ten thousand pounds or, or four hundred or forty-five hundred kilograms. Let's see how much tons ten thousand pounds is. I think it's five thousand tons. Five tons. I'm stupid. Shut up. Let's see, where were we? And it was heavier heavier than the fully loaded B seventeen F. The Y B forties with their numerous heavy modifications had trouble keeping up with the lighter bombers once they had dropped their bombs. So the project was abandoned and finally phased out in July nineteen forty three. The final production blocks of the, y- the B-17F from Douglas's plants did, however, adopt the YB-40's chin turret, giving them a much improved forward defense capability. Which I've actually built a B-17 that had that chin turret. I think it was the F. Yeah, it was the F. And I'm building another B-17F, which I will probably upload a picture of somewhere. By the time the definitive B-17G appeared, the number of guns had been increased from 7 to 13. The designs of the gun stations were finalized, and other adjustments were completed. The B-17G was the final version of the Flying Fortress, incorporating all changes made to its predecessor, the B-17F, and in total, 8,680 were built, the last by Lockheed on the 28th of July, 1945. Many B 17Gs were converted for other missions such as cargo hauling, engine testing, and reconnaissance. Initially designated SB 17G, a number of B 17Gs were also converted for search and rescue duties, later to be redesignated um, B 17H. Late in World War II, at least 25 B 17s were fitted with radio controls and television cameras, loaded with 20,000 20, pound or 9100 kilograms of high explosives and dubbed BQ7 Aphrodite missiles for operation Aphrodite the operation which involved remotely flying aphrodite drones on- onto their targets by accompanying Q- CQ17 mothership control aircraft was approved on the 26th of June 1944 and assigned to be an ins- and assigned to the 388th bombardment group stationed at r e f first field a satellite of r e f um shell Neri- Neri- i think that's how it's pronounced first f- the first four drones were sent to Mimoya- Mimoya- Kess, um the syrocord v one bunker watton the v one bunker watton and Wazernes. On, four, on the 4th of August, causing little damage. The project came to a sudden end with the unexplained mid-air explosion over the blith estuary of a B-24, part of the United States Navy's contribution as Project Anvil, en route for Heligoland, piloted by Lieutenant Joseph P. Kennedy, Jr., future U.S. President of John F. Kennedy's older, elder brother. Blast damage was caused over a radius of 5 miles, or... 8 kilometers, British authorities were anxious that no similar accident should again occur and the Aphrodite project was scrapped in early 1945. The B-17 began operations in World War II with the Royal Air Force or the RAF as I will now refer to them in 1941 and in the Southwest Pacific with the US Army. In the 19th Bombardment Group had deployed to Clark Field in the Philippines a few weeks before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor as the first of a planned heavy bomber buildup in the Pacific. Halt of the group's B-17s were wiped out on 8th of December 1941 when they were caught on the ground during refueling and rearming for a planned attack on Japanese airfields on Formosa. The small force of B-17s operated against the Japanese invasion force until they were withdrawn to Darwin in Australia's, in Australia's Northern Territory. In early 1942, the 7th Bombardment Group began av- arriving in Java with a mixed force of B 17s and LB 30 or B 24s. I think it's and B 24s. A squadron of B 17s from this force detached to the Middle East to join the 1st Provisional Bombardment Group thus becoming the first American B-17 squadron to go to war against the Germans. After the defeat in Java, the 19th withdrew to Australia, where it continued in combat until it was sent home by General George C. Kenney when he arrived in Australia in mid-1942. In July 1942, the first USAAF B-17s were sent to England to join the 8th Air Force. Later that year, two groups moved to Algeria to join the 12th Air Force for operations in North Africa. The B-17s were primarily involved in daylight precision strategic bombing campaign against German targets ranging from U-boat pens, docks, warehouses, and airfields to, uh, to industrial targets such as aircraft factories. The campaign against, In the campaign against German aircraft forces, in preparation for the invasion of France, B-17 and B-24 raids were directed against German aircraft. Production while their presence drew the Luftwaffe fighters into battle with allied fighters. Here's a pro tip on cri- crippling an enemy's um, aerial force. Bomb their airfields. During World War II, the B-17 equipped 32 overseas combat groups. Inventory peaking in August 1944 at 4,574 USAAF aircraft worldwide. The British Heavy Bombers, the Avro Lancaster, and the Handling Page Halifax dropped 608,612 long tons or 681,645 short tons and and 224,207 long tons or 251,112 short tons respectively. The RAF entered World War II with no heavy bomber of its own service. The biggest available were long-range medium bombers, such as the Vickers-Wellington, which could carry up to 4,500 pounds or 200 kilograms, 200, 200, kilograms, I'll just say because I already messed it up too much, of bombs. Walt well, Short Sterling and Hanley Page Halifax became its primary bombers in 1941. In early 1940, the RAF entered into an agreement with the U.S. Army Air Corps, to acquire 20 B-17Cs, which were given the service name Fortress 1. Their first operation, against Wil- Wilhelmshaven, on the 8th of July, 1941, was unsuccessful. On the 28th of July, three B-17s of 90, uh, Squadron 90 took part in a raid on the German capital ship Naisenau. Naisenau? Naisenau. And Prinz Eugen, anchored in Brest from... 30,000 feet, or 9,100 meters, with the objective of drawing the German fighters away from 18 Hanley Page Hamptons attacking at lower altitudes, and in time for 79 Vickers Wellingtons to attack later with the, Germans fi- with the German fighters refueling. The operation did not work as expected, with 90, f- with 90 squadrons' fortresses being unopposed. By September, the RAF had lost 8 B-17Cs in combat and had experienced numerous mechanical problems and Bomber Command abandoned daylight bombing raids using the Fortress 1 because of the aircraft's poor performance. The experience showed both the RAF and USAAF that the B-17C was not ready for combat and that improved defenses, larger bomb loads, and more accurate bombing methods were required. However, the USAAF continued using the b 17 as a day bomber despite misgivings by the RAF that attempts at daylight bombing would be ineffective. Um, a little thing, they made up-painted versions of B-17s, which is why some of them that you see are, um, like a chrome color, so that if you looked up at them, it would be super fucking shiny, and it would hurt your eyes. As used by Bomber Command had been curtailed, the RAF transferred its remaining Fortress 1 aircraft to Coastal Command for use as a long-range maritime patrol aircraft. Instead, these were augmented... Instead... Excuse me. These were augmented in starting in July nineteen forty two by forty five Mark Fortress Mark Two A B seventeen E, followed by nineteen Fortress Mark Two B seventeen F, and three Fortress Mark Three B seventeen G. A for, a Fortress Two A from number two hundred six Squadron RAF sank U six two seven on. The 27th of October, 1942. The first of 11 U-boat kills credited to RAF fortress bombers during the war. As sufficient consolidated liberators finally became available, Coastal Command withdrew the fortress from the Azores, transferring the type to Meteorological Reconnaissance Role. Three squadrons undertook MET profiles from airfields. In... In Iceland, Scotland, and England, gathering data for vital weather forecasting purposes. Well, that sucks. Imagine being like, yay, we're finally going to go on a mission with the B-17. Get sent on weather reconnaissance. The RAF's Number 223 Squadron, as a part of 100 Group, operated a number of fortresses equipped with an uh, an electronic warfare system known as Airborne Cigar, or ABC. This was operated by German-speaking radio operators who were to identify and jam German ground controllers broadcast to their night fighters. They could also pose as ground controllers themselves with the intention of steering night fighters away from the bomber's streams. To this day, only 46 planes survive in complete form, and nine of which are airworthy. But the B-17 Flying Fortress became symbolic in the United States of America's air power, in a 1943 consolidated aircraft poll of 2,500 men in cities where consolidated advertisements had been run in newspapers, 73% have heard of the B-24 and 90% knew of the B-17. After the first YB, Y-1 B-17s were de- delivered to the Army Air Corps 2nd Bombardment Group, they were used on flights to promote their long-range navigational capabilities. In January 1938, Group Commander Colonel Robert Olds flew a Y-1B-17 from the U.S. East Coast to the West Coast, setting a transcontinental record of 13 hours and 27 minutes. He also broke the West to East Coast record on the return trip, averaging 245 miles an hour or 394 kilometers an hour in 11 hours, one minute. Six bombers of the 2nd Bombardment Group took off from Langley Field on the 15th of February, 1938, as a part of a goodwill flight to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Covering 12,000 12, miles or 19,000 kilometers, they returned on the 27th of February with seven aircraft setting off on a flight to Rio de Janeiro, de Janeiro, Brazil, three days later. In a well-publicized mission on the 12th of May of the same year, three Y-1B-17s intercepted, were quote-unquote intercepted, and took photographs of the Italian ocean liner SS Rex 610 610 sorry I thought that was its designation designation 610 miles or 980 kilometers off the Atlantic coast. Many pilots who flew both the B-17 and B-24 preferred the B-17 for its greater stability and ease in formation flying. Its electrical systems were less vulnerable to damage than the B-24's hydraulics and the B-17 flew better than a B-24 when missing an engine. During the war, the largest offensive bombing force, the 8th Air Force, had an open preference for the B-17. Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle wrote about his preference preference, for equipping the 8th with B-17s, citing the logistical advantage in keeping field forces down to a minimum number of aircraft types with their individual servicing and spares. For this reason, he wanted B-17 bombers and P-51 fighters for the 8th. His views were supported by the 8th Air Force st- statisticians, whose mission studies showed that the Flying fortress's u- utility and survivability was much greater than those of the B-24 Liberator, making it back to base on numerous occasions, despite ex- extensive battle damage. The B-17's durability became legendary. Stories and photos of the b seventeen surviving battle damage were widely circulated during the war despite an inferior performance and smaller bomb load than the more numerous B-24 Liberators. A survey of 8th Air Force crews showed a much higher rate of satisfaction with the B-17. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I sure did. It was quite interesting, and not that long, I hope. I haven't done the math. But, sorry I have not posted in a while. I've just been very busy with the move and everything else. But... I hope you enjoy July 4th specials, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Don't forget, have a good day or night whenever you listen to this, wherever you listen to this, and fly on.